the Crafty Cajun has left the building. Good evening, everyone. I'm TJ Perry Moonves, and welcome to Big Brother Coach's Edition. Brian used his dancing skills to charm the house, but his luck ran out this week after a miscommunication in the head of household room with Brent. Okay, I want to make sure that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. We live a We live Brent felt Brian wasn't ready for a full commitment in their plan moving forward and rallied the votes to evict Brian. Tonight, another guest goes home. But first, I'll announce to the remaining coaches they've made it to the jury. Live from the Palace on the Prairie, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show 2022 Top 25 Countdown brought to you by criminal defense attorney Carter Jennings. Get the defense you deserve with Carter Jennings Law. 405-659-7221 or visit carterjenningslaw.com. Now, with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Wow, everybody left made it to jury. How about that? Only seven people in your jury on the uh, on this edition of Big Brother. We've tightened it up a little bit. But that's exciting. And um, it was tough to see Brian go. Yeah, it was a little hard to understand him there, TJ. But it was uh, that tough Cajun accent here. Yeah. Um, So here we go. Teams we've unveiled so far: Nebraska twenty-five, K-State twenty-four. This is the T-Row in the Morning Show Top Twenty-Five College Football Countdown, brought to you by the Carter Jennings Law Firm. Ole Miss at twenty-three, Arkansas twenty-two, Tennessee twenty-one, Kentucky at twenty. Any updates on the Calipari Stoops battle up there, TJ? Did you see anything new on that yesterday? yesterday? No. I'm sure they've got USC to get in 19, contact with one another. Texas 18, Wisconsin 17, Oregon 16, 15 was Oklahoma State, 14 NC State, 13 Baylor, 12 Auburn, 11 Miami. And yesterday, the Bayou Bengals, the LSU Tigers came in at number 10, which brings us to today, the number nine ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... <laughs> Every, oh every year I forget about this. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I'll try to edit that for uh, next season. Yeah, thank you. Hang in there, folks. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this is why they're so annoying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It is a good fight song, though. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. I don't cheat and I don't lie. I'm not going to. We're done. If that's the case. <laughs> Just let me handle it. Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies come in at number nine. Oh, my goodness. You know what? As annoying as Jimbo is, we all owe him a big thank you, TJ, for making our offseason so enjoyable. He has done that. I don't know. Is Jimbo annoying or is he just fun to have? Like, is, is Jimbo in the same class as Mike Leach? He's just fun to have around or are you annoyed by him? I'm annoyed by him, but in a good way. Like, you wouldn't want to not have Jimbo. No, around, you want somebody though, right? like Jimbo that you can just make fun of and uh, take shots at, and that just gives you so much. Uh, ammunition when it comes to that so I maybe somebody should have slapped him 
Um, well, his Aggies come in at number nine. Uh, they beat Alabama last year, TJ. If you didn't know that, they'd be glad to tell you that. Uh, quarterback, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between LSU yesterday and Texas A&M today. Uh, they got quality talent, big-time NFL-caliber talent all over the field. But we don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. Uh, Zach Calzada left and went to Auburn. He's the guy that quarterbacked him to a win over Alabama last year. Haynes King was their starting quarterback at the beginning of the year, then got hurt. He's back. Maybe he's going to be the guy. Max Johnson transferred from LSU to Texas A&M. It's so hard to keep track of who's where now, TJ, especially among quarterbacks. Max Johnson was okay for LSU, but not spectacular. Maybe he'll win the job. They brought in a five-star prospect, Connor Weigman. Uh, so we're going to have Andrew Monaco, the A&M play-by-play voice, on next hour, and that's the number one question with them, too. Just like LSU yesterday, who's going to quarterback this thing? I mean, they got Devin A. Chain at running back, who is just spectacular. World-class speed, world-class sprinter at running back. They've got very good wide receivers. Now, they're going to have to rely on uh, – some young guys there, but they're very talented. Evan Stewart, uh, Moose Muhammad had a good year last year, and they are solid up front. They had a couple of freshmen that they played last year in Fathery and Foster, but they're sophomores now. They're stout across the offensive line. Uh, they are not that creative offensively. For all the love that Jimbo Fisher gets as being an offensive genius, and he won a national championship at Florida State, they're not the most creative team. They like to basically line up, run it at you, not do a lot of pre-snap movement, and just feel like their athletes are better than your athletes. And I don't know. I mean, their athletes are better than a lot of people's athletes, but they're not better than Alabama's athletes or you know, some of the other teams they're playing in the SEC that can match them. I think they could use a little more creativity offensively, and the quarterback position is a big question mark going into the year. Defensively, D.J. Durkin runs that unit. Uh, The secondary will be among the best in the country this year. Uh, Antonio Johnson, spectacular. Uh, They got Damani Richardson back there. They've got Tyreek Chappell, Jalen Jones. Very good in the secondary. Uh, should be good on the defensive line as well, where they are stocked with five stars. Now, some of these guys like Gabriel Brownlow-Dendy, who had committed to OU, changed his commitment to Texas A&M, haven't proved it on the field yet. But they are big and talented up front. McKinley Jackson, Shamar Turner, Walter Nolan, Shamar Stewart. It's linebacker where there's a question for them on defense. They weren't great at linebacker last year, and there's a little bit of question as to who will fill those roles this season. Uh, so big picture for A&M, um, quarterback is a question, linebacker is a question, elite talent at running back, wide receiver, O-line, D-line, and secondary. It's a good team. I mean, we're talking about a, a top-ten team here. 
but we're talking about a top 10 team with an unproven quarterback, whoever that may be. Here's the schedule. Sam Houston win, App State win, week three they get Miami. September 17 is a big-time day in college football, by the way. Uh, They play Miami in College Station. Should be a win, but the first real good test. Mario Cristobal's coming in with a good team. That'd be a fun game. It's a night game, 8 o'clock kick. Uh, We should be at home in time to see that, hopefully, TJ, because uh, OU Nebraska is at 11 a.m. that day. Then they jump into the SEC. Fascinating schedule because it starts with four straight SEC games away from home. When have you ever seen that, TJ, for any team in any conference? They play Arkansas and Arlington, so neutral site. Then at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina. They go an entire month (laughs) without a home game. They play Miami at home on September 17th, and then they don't play another home game until October 29th. What's that, like 42 days without a home game? That's going to be tough. Now they close with kind of a flurry of, of most of these games at home. Ole Miss at home. Florida, tough game at home, though. At Auburn, UMass is a break. LSU at home. And then that's it, uh, postseason after that. So they've got one, two, three, four of the last five games at home. Weird schedule, isn't it? Four straight away, then four of the last five at home. Um, They're going to lose the game in Tuscaloosa in all likelihood. They're probably going to get pounded because of the whole Nick Saban-Jimbo Fisher rivalry there. Somebody else I think is going to trip them up in that four-game stretch. I don't know if it's in Arkansas. Maybe it's – you know, somebody like a South Carolina or somebody that you go on the road is going to. I think it's a probably a two to three. It's a two and a half loss regular season for me. I mean, we're talking about the elite now, Tej. We're up to single digits. Two to three losses is what I see in the regular season for AM this year. If they had a, an established, reliable quarterback, if they had Dylan Gabriel. This team could contend for a national championship. Um, what's another example? I'm not even talking about, uh, you know, Alabama's or Ohio State's quarterback. You know, if they had the the Georgia kid, this team could maybe win. For, I, but I just don't know what they have at quarterback. Maybe I'm too low on A&M. You tell me. Too high, too low, or just right. Uh, the AP, by the way, the AP and the coaches – are a little higher. They've got Texas A&M uh, six in the AP, seven in the coaches' poll. Yeah, and I think if they're only a two-loss team, you've got them too low. I hope you're just right because I think that means they're probably sitting at three losses at the end of the year. I, My dream, dream scenario for A&M this year is they stumble in that game against Miami. Miami gets them. It's possible. They go to Arlington, Pig, Arkansas gets them. And it's then possible. some things get away from them. They go on the road to Mississippi State. They go on the road to Alabama. They go on Boosters the road to South Carolina. They got Mississippi, but it's at home. I would love the scenario of six straight losses, potentially eight when you're talking that Florida-Auburn games. So I, I think you got them just slightly low, and that's a, just Hang a massive now. dream for me that they lose eight straight. But I think it's possible, too, if things get out of control for them. 
So We don't want A&M to contend for a national championship. No, not at all. However, you also don't want them to be so bad that they fire Jimbo Fisher before <laughs> Oklahoma gets into the conference. Why? Because he's going to be fun to have around. He's fun for our profession. Huh. He'll still be around somewhere. Yeah, probably he's be, got ranches. Probably be the coach at Texas. Wow, wouldn't that be fantastic? I guess then he'd be still be in the if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so uh, Texas A&M at number nine. Andrew Monaco, <laughs> stupid song. their play-by-play voice, joins us in the uh, 8 o'clock hour, 8.20 this morning. He'll educate us up more on the Aggies. We'll be back. I had the opportunity to uh, get to know Andrew Monaco throughout the College World Series, and great to have the play-by-play voice of the Texas A&M Aggies joining us live now from College Station, Texas. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Toby. That was a lot of fun, and thank you for making me so welcome at Omaha. It certainly was special. That was, that was um, yeah, yeah, it was really a cool experience. First time I've had the opportunity to to go through that, and, uh, yeah, opportunity of a lifetime. Except for the two losses that Oklahoma handled us, we had a great well, time. <laughs> I understand. I we we feel the same about Ole Miss right now, so I understand. Well, let's talk about this football team and uh, an eventful off season for Jimbo and the boys. Yeah, it really was. And uh, let's go back, Toby, to a disappointing finish to that season to be eight and four and lose on the road to Ole Miss and to LSU, and it wasn't the finish that they wanted. And then. When the offseason began, the win over number one Alabama at home allowed Jimbo to collect the number one recruiting class, which took some people by surprise. But you know what? He's been in the top five recruiting classes since he's been here. And he's had the number one recruiting class. Oh, that's right. He's done that before at Florida State. So I don't know why. Maybe because it's Texas A&M. It surprised a lot of people, but it shouldn't have knowing the history of Jimbo Fisher. And then with the NIL, as you know, there was the spat between Jimbo and Nick Saban. Jimbo was an assistant for Nick at LSU and, and really good friends, but he got tired of, of, of Nick setting the narrative, if you will, and came out very publicly the very next day after Nick said that Texas A&M was buying all their players and, and really just challenged him and, and did that. Made me chuckle because Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin had made the same kind of shots <laughs> earlier uh, you know, in that off season, and then once once you get through that and spring ball and seven on seven and all of that, now it's time for football camp for this team, and and we'll see, we'll see. And when you bring in, that's the next step, right? How how are these freshmen going to compete uh, in the SEC, uh, not just at the college level and for Jimbo Fisher, but in the SEC, and and that's what camp has been about so far. Where did the fans fall on the whole Nick versus Jimbo situation? Uh, <laughs> are you talking A&M fans? Yes, because yes, A&M Kyle, fans. Kyle, Kyle Field size automatically with Jimbo. If there was any doubt about Jimbo here at A&M, I, I can tell you truly, it, it really, it really, it really, he was an Aggie the moment he was arguing with officials that second game against Clemson. <laughs> That's when he got it, but no. You know what, there's, a, there's that, I think it was that mentality of everybody doubting 
what is going on. And, and, and Toby, I'm honest about this. I think Jimbo Fisher could have gone anywhere. By the time he left Florida State, he could have gone anywhere. Whether, whether that job was opened or not, and he chose A&M, and he's the one who brings the pedigree, and he's the one who has the national championship ring, and he's the one who is an Aggie. And I think they realize how genuine he is and how mad he was at that situation, and they could, and Aggie fans could see that, you know what, here's a guy who is fighting for us. He's one of us. And, uh, you know, so they fell, they fell squarely on the side of Jimbo. And this, look, we don't like Nick. I'm going to use the collective we here. You know, we don't like Nick. And then, and to be able to beat Alabama. Look, and, and I thought Nick kind of dug a little deeper when he said, well, you know what? It was a rebuilding year. Uh, that, that, uh, look, you got beat. You, know, you got beat by two of your assistants. And I hate that narrative, too, because Jimbo's won a national championship in a playoff that Nick Saban's team wasn't even in. But, you know, you, you have all of that. When, when you know the national narrative, Toby, and this is what I'm talking about, revolves around Alabama, it sure is nice to kind of uh, puncture that balloon a little bit and realize, like Jimbo said, we're coming and they can't do anything about it. Um, tell me who is going to be the quarterback on opening day. What's your guess here? Uh, Haynes King or Max Johnson? I, I, Connor Wigman is the freshman. Toby Haynes has been coached by Jimbo and has and has played before getting hurt uh, after being named the state, uh, starter at Colorado and and the year before his first year he got some reps against Alabama and, and South Carolina. Max Johnson, I think it's an interesting quarterback room. Haynes is a coach's son from Longview, Texas. John King. Max Johnson is a quarterback's son. Brad Johnson, who was at who was at Florida State. I wonder if Haynes having gone through this before here, not that Max Johnson hasn't gone through it. Max just has that learning curve a little bit more that Haynes has. Does that give Haynes the lead? We'll see. But Jimbo during this camp is, is you, you know what happens when there's a competition. You get to run with the ones one day. The other quarterback runs with the ones the other day. I just wonder if Haynes having more experience with Jimbo helps him in, in this experience. But, Jimbo's got a, re- a great relationship with all three of them. It's a really good quarterback room. Are they similar skill sets? No. No, one's right-handed, one's left-handed, so that's always good. <laughs> you know the difference right off the bat. Haynes yeah. is, is more mobile. But Jimbo has said this, and he, he said this, and each time there's been a quote-unquote uh, the quarterback competition. He did it with Kellen Mond and Nick Starkle and, and even Haynes King and Zach Calzada last year. Haynes more mobile, but he always says, look, he throws the ball better than people think. And Max Johnson is, you know, the, the classic thrower, pocket passer, who runs better than you think. And it's that management of skills. But, um, no, they're, they're really not similar at all. Uh, hey, Max is really more over the top and, and, and a pocket passer. Haynes, you can, you can move that pocket. And, his, and his, his mobility is a key. Uh, he made a... And, and, and understand the way I say this, last year against Kent State, a Johnny Manziel-like run. Not saying he's Johnny Manziel, but it was that type of scramble, get out of the way, you're holding it, you got your heart in your throat, and 20 yards later, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got the first down and more, and everybody was excited. What Haynes is, can do some things with his legs and is learning, or has learned since he got here, to trust what he's reading Max will sit back there for a long, long time and, and go through his progressions. It's kind of fascinating to watch at camp.
what is your uh, biggest question mark defensively for this team? Defensively, how will they adjust to DJ Durkin after playing with Mike Elko? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of similarities and a lot of guys coming back, but it's new terminology for for everybody. And you think you finally got to the part under Mike Elko where you were no longer uh, uh, learning and processing what was going on. You were just reacting to what you're you're seeing. If there is a position right now, and you know we're still in the middle of August, right now they're a little dinged up on the back end, but I think their back end is really good with Miles Jones coming back at a corner and Damani Richardson at a safety. It, I'll say the defensive line, maybe on the ends, Toby, they're the, they're the young ones or ones who haven't gotten a lot of snaps and you're, you're going to miss – you're going to miss a Michael Clemens, and you're going to miss being able to put a DeMarvin Leal out there as they're now with the Jets and the Steelers, respectively. I think the interior, they're fine on that line, that outterior. Can they get that rush from those ends? They've got the talent, and they've got the depth there. Now we just have not seen it consistently in a game, so that will be one of the questions. What a bizarre schedule you've been handed this year. Yes. With the, um, yeah. you know, Miami's going to be tough, but then after you play those guys, it's, what, 42 We're days before home. you play another home game? Yeah, that's four straight games away from home. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. Yeah, it's 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 a long it's a long time, and that one jumped out when the schedule came out. You know, you know who you're going to play on on the at home and on the road every year in your in your conference, and then you bring someone in from the east. But yeah, that that one is odd that after that third week. They they go they go road tripping and um, obviously everybody's circling October eighth on that on that calendar because that's Alabama. But uh, Toby, as you know, you get in conference play. There's <laughs> there's nothing easy <laughs> every week. So can you have? Do you have the makeup? Do you have and and they did it last year after beating Alabama. They went into Missouri, which is a, was a trap game in that. Can you still keep that focus after everybody tells you how good you are, right? You're great. You just beat Alabama. Can you have that focus that very next week and, and do the same things? Well, I think they're going to have to do that. It's, it's going to be the run-up at home, and then you get into your conference. Can you be good enough to win on the road in the SEC for a number of weeks? Uh, and that, I think that's going to be a, a trying stretch in the schedule. Have A&M fans warmed to the idea of Texas and OU being in the SEC, or is there still considerable anger about it? Uh, I think it's the way. I think it's the way that everybody got blindsided. I think they're coming around to it because there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's, that's the thing. I, you and I joked. I said, "Hey, our travel just got easier. We were the farthest yeah. team in the West." Uh, <laughs> and and I, I think it was the. I think it was the way, especially Toby. You know, with Texas, it was like finally got finally got out of out of the shadow and shining in the SEC. But, Toby, then the reason why I think they're coming around to it is, you know what, A&M's in a very good position. Had this happened in 2012, previous athletic department and previous teams, I think it might have been more worrisome. But I think now it's, you know what, we're in a real good position, not just for football, but, but with all the schools. And now it's kind of adopted the, you know what, bring it on. We're the SEC team, and they're going to have to come in. Where there's the bone of contention, Toby, is when Texas said, "Hey, we're never going to play them again." You know, it comes 
I came from a former AD, the lost odds. Well, we will decide when we're going to play Texas A&M again. And then, obviously, he was wrong. <laughs> but it's Texas now following A&M to the SEC. So I guess, and it's never going to happen, but I think the Aggies are just going to ask the horns like, we were right all along. What are you going to say that we were right? It's not coming, but that's part of the feeling as well. Hey, last question, Andrew. I've kept you long, so I apologize. But I've been asking all the SEC guys when we have them on. There's been a lot of talk about what the future schedule is going to look like after Oklahoma and Texas join the league. And this 3-6 format is a popular one out there where you have three opponents, traditional opponents that you play every year, and then you rotate the other six. Who would be A&M's three, do you think? We're hearing, we're hearing Texas, LSU, Mississippi State. Arkansas has been in there also in, in some discussions, but that's, that's kind of what we heard. LSU has become the new Thanksgiving game, obviously the longstanding um, rivalry with, with Texas. And then I think one of the Mississippi schools will do, will do that. This was coming anyway, Toby. The change in the schedule was coming anyway. They were going to go into to call. I don't want to say pods, but and it and it happened because you come to you came to an SEC school for four. Look, we've never gone to Kentucky. Uh, Georgia's never come to us. I think they want to change that. The interesting thing is, you know, the coaches have resisted going to nine conference games for a long time. But you know, uh, but that but that's what's going to come. But, but that's, that's what we have heard, and, and, and nothing definitive, but it should be coming out soon. The three might be Texas, Mississippi State, and then LSU. And the Arkansas game's a big game for you guys, though, right? Yeah, it has, because, as, as you know, that's an old Southwest Conference game. And, and yeah. after 24, no longer playing it uh, in, in Arlington, it will go back on campus. Uh, so that, that, that has been one. Um, you know, but you know, it's funny with with A and M and with Arkansas and Texas and with Oklahoma, there are some built-in rivalries there that the SEC gets to use now. It, you know, it comes into the conference, but no, Arkansas goes Arkansas. That goes way back. That's a that's a that's a lot of history yeah. with Texas A and M. Fantastic stuff, Andrew. Thank you so much, brother. I look forward to talking to you again on down the line, and I hope you have a great season. Same to you, Toby. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, Andrew Monaco, play-by-play voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. Interesting stuff there. We'll take a timeout. More of your text messages and phone calls to come. Plus, TJ, is it the return of Chris Plank today? Am I right about that? It is. He's in the building. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Plank is home. We'll be back.